Welcome back, everybody. We are here, the Phantoms of the Silver Screen, for another episode of our podcast. I am Jumby, and I'm joined, as I always am, by... Rip. And we are reviewing another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because it's our favorite show this last few months. <laughs> um, it is season two, episode one. We have wrapped season one, and this is a great way to start. Last episode, we ended with... Last episode of the episode before that. We ended with a prediction based on the name of this episode, which is The Tale of the Final Wish. And I super called it. (laughs) The predictions were... I, Rip, predicted that it was going to be Frank and it was going to be about a genie. Tale of the Final Wish. This sounded so dark. Mm -hmm. Um... And but not dark enough to be a Betty Ann story. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty safe the bet that we <laughs> took. Like those two characters have to be telling this tale. Jumby, however, I <laughs> <laughs> I called it with such good accuracy that <laughs> I know people are just gonna pretend that I saw the episode already. I did not see this episode. I did not know what it was gonna be about. I swear. But I said that it was going to be a Kristen tale and it was going to be about wishing on a star. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Let's see who was right. I just, sometimes I, I wish we would have taped the, the reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, just right out of the gate, this episode was fun. Yeah, it is. And I, I I find myself looking forward to Kristen episodes because there's always she she always I mean, we're going to get into it now, but she always <laughs> does the presentation. She sets it up good. And it's always like fantastical. It's always <laughs> some fantasy thing. It's nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she dressed up for this piece. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, the cat's out of the bag. It was Kristen. She Sorry. she told the story. So, John B got that part right. Did he get yeah. the the core of the plot right that we're gonna find out uh yes yes, what I said earlier, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um well this is how we start we start with christian Kristen. Just, K- Kristen just reading some fairy tales from a, like an old fashioned old school book of fairy tales like the the cover like the um, the covers the a little, yeah, like the the covers a little worn. The pages are like have that gold um, side. I don't know how you call it, but it look it looked nice and old school. Mm-hmm. And you know it's old school for their time, so imagine. <laughs> imagine <laughs> Today that book is dust. <laughs> but uh, what was it? She was reading about. An evil woman who wished to cut off two children's heads and smear their blood to receive life again. <laughs> and David, who's really close to Kristen, so I'm just going to assume they're an item. Yeah, they're still an item. Go Chris Vid or Dave Sten. 
<laughs> Daveston is obviously the right answer. <laughs> uh, David is just, he's just like, wow, that's disgusting, but awesome. I want to point out that David, David's a grown man now. This kid grew <laughs> like three feet. He's looking much, uh, much more like a teenager than a little boy yeah. as he was before. He was, he was just a little pudgy boy before in season one. Now he's a grown teenager in a relationship with Kristen who looks exactly the same. Like he's wearing flannel, so you don't see mm-hmm. it, but you could tell he's been working in the gym. He has like mm-hmm. his biceps are there, his tries are looking good, you know? Yeah. If you're wearing flannel in the nineties, you're you're kind of a cool kid. You're a big deal. So yeah. he's he's coming to his own. <laughs> and this summons Frank. Frank walks in, he sees the book, and he's like, Really? Fairy tales? This is childish. Fairy tales are weak. <laughs> Frank just... comes in and he just he chose to fight today. <laughs> Angry at everybody. Like I I had plans today and I had to cancel it for the stupid stuff. There was only one person that can match him and that was Gary. So you always respect the Gary. But now David has had his growth spurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now there's like, oh, now the the playing field's equal. So he calls fairy tales weak, and Kristen's just like weak. Like, if you think that they're weak, then you're not. You haven't even read them. And David is just like, yeah, man. Like these aren't the wimpy ones. These are like real old school fairy tales. Um, <laughs> Frank is just like, no, no, I haven't read any of those kind of fairy tales, but I don't need to. They're still weak. And this summons Gary and Betty Ann to walk in. <laughs> Gary's just like oh I have I have read those old school fairy tales I like the they're all full of stabbing demons man eating animals cutting off limbs all those things and this is my favorite part because Betty Ann has to chime in about her favorites but Jumpy <laughs> does this better Betty, than I- <laughs> Betty, Betty Ann she comes in with a smile like ear to ear. She's just like super happy. And she's like, yeah, fairy tales are awesome. So she, her, she tells everybody her favorite fairy tale with like the the excitement of a little girl. <laughs> and she's just like, my favorite ter- fairy tale is where this old woman kidnaps the prince. And then this old woman puts blood into the queen's mouth to make the king think that she ate the prince. And she says this with a huge ass smile right after. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like loving it. But I, I'm just like, what's wrong with this girl? David is like, dude, that's gross. I love it. And Frank is just like, Psh. nah, man, a kid's story is a kid's story. I don't care. I know that because <laughs> he's kind of right. His, like In his defense, it's like, Betty Ann said that, but you know what? Everything Betty Ann says has like the air of creepiness that that sentence had. Like he doesn't know if it's true or not. Was it a? <laughs> to be fair, as well, like these were a kid story of like back in the day. Obviously, they had to PG it up to the max. Mm-hmm. But oh, uh, so they're not technically kid stories anymore. Um, which I won't. I won't give away the ending or anything, but this opening with Betty Ann's little spiel here, like I was like, this is going to be hard for <laughs> this ending is going to be wild. Was it wild? We'll find out now. But like, 
<laughs> that really set me up to like we're gonna see a decapitation today or something like that um <laughs> oh man that would have been cool but and know. it was or was it i don't know i don't know have to find out kiki comes in and she's not happy either we mm-hmm. we talked about how kiki and frank are kind of on the same way same wavelength uh she yeah. sees fairy tales she sees Kristen dressed up <laughs> like Kristen's dressed up like a f- prince like I wouldn't even say a princess she's dressed up like in this fairy tale like a rena- renaissance woman yeah like she's going to a renaissance fair yeah. like she looks like that so Kiki sees it sees the book puts everything together and she's like oh man is Kristen gonna tell a fairy tale is this why I came here <laughs> and then Kristen's like no Kiki the story I'm going to tell is about a girl who loves fairy tales. She has a huge collection and knows most of them by heart. The trouble was that she spent so much time thinking about the world of make-believe. She started to forget the difference between reality and imagination. When that happens, a fairy tale can become a scary tale. (laughs) And no one left. Nobody left. (laughs) Nope. Everyone's like, ooh, serious. Oh, oh my no. God. Scary tale? That was a good one. She ran fairy with scary. I think she was the first person to ever do that. Yeah, On probably. Nickelodeon. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. after that, like, everybody freaking does it around Halloween. <laughs> um, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, Kristen calls this story the tale of the final wish. I... For one, appreciate Christian, uh, not Christian, because you want to say Christian. <laughs> Kristen's um, dedication to like cosplaying every time she has a big story to tell. Me too. It sets her apart from everybody. <laughs> and I don't know. It just sucks you into the story. Paints a picture. I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say is Eric's not here anymore, guys. Gone. <laughs> Done. Peace. He's not there. And I was talking to rip um just when we were hanging out but i just wanted to say what i thought happened to gary (laughs) i think gary was taken gary or eric sorry did i say gary i keep confusing their names but it doesn't matter anymore because eric is gone um (laughs) i think eric was taken he was taken by the banshee from his little story and the Banshee has turned him into a defenseless woodland creature because the Banshee stole his soul. <laughs> and if we're going to look, I'm going to look, I didn't see any today, but I'm going to look through the campfire scenes. And if there's like a frog hopping around or like anything, any kind of small animal, that's going to be Eric in my head again. Because he, there's, there's no reason why he's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he made the wrong wish with the wrong person. He's done because yeah. no one remembers him because no one talks about him. <laughs> maybe if they take your soul they do forget about you that could be part of it i don't know well that's funny but that's that's what I'm, that's my thoughts on this uh, i obviously it's probably just he didn't you know renew his contract or something stupid like that but i think his soul got taken <laughs> i mean we don't hear much about him not even in real life we don't know what he did after <laughs> at least to my Eric who? <laughs> who? all right so the story begins, Tale of the Final Wish. Mm-hmm. We see a beautiful 
young woman offering a person an apple. Now, we immediately get the understanding this is a dream because it has like mm. the clouds on the frame of the shot. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh. It's like not super centered. It's kind of like, <laughs> And the woman politely tries to persuade somebody to take a bite of the apple since it's a good looking apple. And then this beautiful young woman gets angry and impatient and transforms into an evil queen queen and screams, if you don't, I'll force you to eat it. And she starts laughing maniacally. This is not the same witch from the Pinball Wizard episode. This is a brand new witch that wants to feed you an apple. I like that Pinball episode now that you bring it up. (laughs) I was thinking about it all day. Is it because um, it it's the last time we saw Eric? Yeah, it was. <laughs> last known sighting. Um, this is obviously Snow White, like her villain, right? Like yeah. uh, the Wicked Witch or Queen, I guess. It's like a queen, right? She turns herself into an old lady. Yeah. And offers her an apple, all that poison apple. Mm. So, yeah, this is a reference to Snow White. And um, it's a nightmare because we get... Mm. Our main character, Joe Peterson, Peterson, waking mm-hmm. up, screaming. No, she didn't scream, right? She just yeah, kind of woke up. Yeah, she, she was scared. Up. Yeah, she's just like, she woke up from her nightmare, and she's clutching Snow White, the book, on her, on her chest, and, and she's going to get a girl she reaches over for the glass of water that's by her um nightstand and she stops she realizes that it's empty so she knows she has to go downstairs to get a refill it just made me super thirsty as soon as i saw (laughs) that i was like oh i hate when that happens (laughs) just a reminder like hey did i drink water today Mm -hmm. probably not enough (laughs) everybody drink water yes hydrate hydration is important yeah which reminds me, today's episode of Fans of Silver Screen is sponsored by the act of hydration. Not any water in particular, no company, just hydration. Hydration, like like the verb. Yes. Like hydration, like to hydrate. That's they, it. The verb hydrate. They wanted us to remind you all to hydrate. Great. <laughs> Thank you, hydration. Yeah. Thanks for paying the bills. <laughs> Um, so Jill realizes she has to go downstairs and get a refill of her glass of water. She's not about that. Because <laughs> right from reaching over for the glass, she decides to grab the baseball bat that's next to her bed. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She takes a deep breath, picks up the bat, and checks to see if there's anything underneath underneath her bed and she finds nothing thankfully she lets out a sigh and she says she needs to grow up she's like Jill grow up she gets herself a glass of water and she returns she checks underneath her bed again and nothing and She's like, oh, I'm stupid. I need to stop doing this. There's nothing under my bed. And of course, when she has that security 
that nothing's gonna happen. We just see two hands come underneath the bed and grab her legs. She screams and runs to her parents' room. She terrifying. That that was so <laughs> scary to me. I would lose my mind if that happened. <laughs> no, and I would definitely like have some words for the person that did that to me. That's so horrible. <laughs> If somebody did that to her, we don't know. It could be something. Oh, it could have been a demon. It just looked like human hands, but right. you know, it could have been demon hands. Like what Gary said, could it be a fairy tale with demons. Yeah. So could she. Have been Eric. Oh, that there. That's where he is. <laughs> so she she runs screaming into her parents' room, and she aggressively wakes them up. Wake up, Dad! Mom, wake up! Wake up! And they're like, what happened? And then she's like, something grabbed me. And that could have been the end of it. But she's like, no, it was green and scaly. And and it just creeped me out. And they're like, all right, come on, you're dreaming. There's nothing that could ever do that to you. And she's like, no, like, why don't you believe me? And she's like, okay, let's go check. So the mom and dad go to her room to check. They look under the bed. And the dad needs to be a dad and pretends to get pulled into the bed but instead he pulls out a dinner plate and then he's like oh this isn't this uh what we had a lot uh, a week ago then maybe that's what the th- green thing that you thought you saw and of course she's she's like i know i know something grabbed me i know it did and that's when her brother John walks in the room, whose name was not revealed right away. By the way, because <laughs> I kept took... being like, it, "It's gonna be Jack. This is a fairy tale. It's Jack and Jill. I know it." <laughs> they didn't want to tell us the name John until like oh, the episode was almost over, <laughs> because they knew their mistake. <laughs> They're like, "Fuck, we didn't think about this hard enough." <laughs> Do we like take out all the names, like all the times we call them John? Damn it, we can't do all of them. <laughs> Shit. We have to leave one. We can't reshoot the scenes. I'm sorry. ADR is too expensive. <laughs> so her brother John comes in the room and he's just like drowsy. He's like, what's going on? And then... Good actor. <laughs> Mrs. Peterson is like, oh, Joe had another nightmare. Um, Joe's like, it wasn't a nightmare. But her dad is just like, look, everybody has nightmare. Can't take him seriously. Let's go back to bed. So they all go back to bed, except John. John looks over drowsily at his parents leave the room, but as soon as they're out of uh, in back in their room, a big smirk goes over his face, and he looks right at her and he says, "Got ya." And I hate John. <laughs> Jill is furious. He's angry, rightfully so. <laughs> She's like, "I hate you. Why'd you do that to me?" And he's like, "I thought you were you wanted to find something under your bed because you keep looking." And I was like, "How do you know she keeps looking, man? She was alone. <laughs> You're weird. I don't like John." So she tells John to grow up. Pranks are childish, and he needs to grow up. But he played his uh reverse uno card and said uh i need to grow up you need to know you (laughs) you still play with these childish toys you read your little childish books you're still living in a fairyland 
he like pulls up like a little horse and uh, you know it's a Kristen story so horses have to be involved in some way mm-hmm. she's a major equestrian in real life yes. we know this is true I believe it based on her other story right she was the one who told the the tale of the hounds yeah right? yeah <laughs> My theory was that she just wanted to tell a story with horses in it. She's like, oh, shit. That's right. I got to put hungry hounds. Fuck. Yeah, and at the end, there were these hungry dogs, too. They eat kibble. Leave me alone. Um, and then, so, he's, John tells her she's being childish. She, she needs to grow up. She's childish. Mm-hmm. She reads childish books, fairy tales. She has these little toy unicorns, little horses, tea sets, um... And then he's like, you're 13. You shouldn't be like this anymore. Listen listen to the radio. Yeah, grow up and listen to music <laughs> on the radio. God. <laughs> so, like, act your age kind of thing. So, it struck a chord with Joe. She, of course, kicks, his, kicks him out of the room. She sits down and... John's words ring over her. She needs. She is thirteen. She believes she needs to grow up because no one else her age acts the way she does. Mm-hmm. So she, we see her the next day, just trying to look more grown up for more of a teenager. She's like fixing her hair, trying to do it a certain way. Everybody's tired of waiting her for her. Her dad leaves, her brother leaves, and it's just her mom's turn <laughs> to if she's late for school, the parents take turns to who takes her to school. If she's late for the bus, sorry. Mm. And she clearly missed the bus. So uh yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. She's she missed the bus, she comes down, she apologizes. And her mom, like, she, she's like, I'm going to be late again because I have to take you to school. And then Joe is just like, I'm sorry. And walks, like, it, it was a genuine I'm sorry. As she walks to go to the car, her mom's like, don't ignore me. <laughs> and I'm like, she clearly acknowledged and said sorry. Like, what more do you mm-hmm. want? But, you know. Get on your knees and apologize. <laughs> Beg for forgiveness. <laughs> and let's take up more time. The mom and the dad are both very important people. <laughs> Clearly. The Oh, the house. We need to describe the house. It's it's a gorgeous house. Two story with uh what? Three bed, two bath? At least. At, at least. least that many. I'm sure they have another bedroom or two with some offices in there. Downstairs, yeah. yeah. All wood. Stair stairs are wood. They curve. <laughs> it's not just a straight shot upstairs. They have a, there's a little curve to get you downstairs. Easily a million dollar house. Easily. So they're doing pretty good for themselves. I don't know if it's an actual trope with every single episode. I wouldn't call it a trope even. I'm just like noticing a pattern with dads in these things. They're all all bad. (laughs) They're all bad people. Damn. The dad's always just like goofing around or he's not paying attention or he's very selfish. Like this dad's kind of just like, yeah, it's your turn to drive her by. And he leaves. <laughs> or like when his daughter has a nightmare, he's like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I hate this. I hate everything about it. Like he's he's very, like, what about me? 
Yeah. And that I think that's true for a lot of the dads that are in these stories. <laughs> what about my needs? Yeah. That's true. You make a very good point. I'll look out for like the father figures in the future, but I just I feel like they're always bad father <laughs> figures. Uh, um I'm trying to think of other ones I can't out the top of my head. I can't either. Yeah. No. Just like, I don't know. I keep thinking of Bow Stick for some reason, but he was not a father <laughs> figure. He was just the villain. Well, he was the a villainous. father figure. That's true. He was the father figure to the to his classmates. Yeah, and to, to everyone, really. A good role model, some would say. Except for uh, Dougie's friend over there, who just hated him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so now Jill goes to school. Do you remember what happened next when she's at school? Yeah, yeah. So Jill goes to school. She brought a variety of books with her. Um, Well, not with her, but she got to the library at school. And she brought a variety of books. um, All fairy tales. She brought with her, like, you know, I don't remember the exact fairy tales. But say it's like Snow White or, you know. The traditional fairy tale books and she also picked up one called the sandman and other tales so i saw that and i was just like the sandman like my first thought was um the comic book sandman <laughs> you ever read that like With i was the, like really you guys are dropping the sandman here? the one that they're like that's been in development hell for like the past decade or two. <laughs> oh, you mean like the live action adaptation yeah yeah, yeah. But the comic itself is sick, and you guys should read it. I I would have loved the episode where she just, like, picks up that graphic novel, reads it, and her personality just does a 180. <laughs> just yeah. fucking, she's just fucking dressing all goth now, dyes her hair black. <laughs> It'd be, like, the first Marvel crossover for these 90s, <laughs> these 90s shows. That would have been awesome. It is now canon. <laughs> so she gets all these books, and um, she goes to join her two classmates i i do not want to call them her friends because they seem terrible (laughs) um so before she joins her two friends her two friends are just like gawking at this boy rick like one of the classmates Mm -hmm. and they're just drooling over him being real creepy um i would call them creepy because you know if the roles were reversed it'd be creepy i think they're a little creepy so they're (laughs) just like drooling at this boy ogling him and she comes to join them um and she puts down her books yeah and then they she's just like oh don't look at them like that like she kind of criticizes them for staring at rick so much and they're just like yeah whatever get out of here stupid (laughs) and she does so she walks off to get another book or something or i think to sharpen her pencil yeah that's that was the reason and she has to walk past rick to do that and as she does Rick breaks his neck to check her out. Yeah, I thought... And the girls notice. Like, almost freaking exorcist, you know? Like, just fucking yeah. turn his head. He did that shit quick. He yeah. knew. He timed it. He's like, okay. Okay, she's going to cut the corner it. now. And he just broke his... Ooh. Mm-hmm. You need a speedometer to fucking catch that breakneck. <laughs> yeah. That guy was super into Jill. And it was not unnoticed. <laughs> the girls were just like, look at that. He totally checked her out. I'm so upset right now. Why does he even like this girl? And they immediately, as like these jealous girls will do, I guess, at 12. I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. But in this story, these jealous girls are automatically looking for dirt so that they can demean Jill and, you know, put her down to make themselves feel better. 
So they're looking through her books and they're like, oh my God, she reads fairy tales like the Sandman. Oh my God, DC's so much better. And they're just like looking through all the books and criticizing it. Like they're all baby books. Yeah. And they call her a big baby. Yeah. So that's all the fuel they need because that's pretty much her only flaw, I guess. And she comes <laughs> to sit back down and they're just like, oh my God, Joe, like you were telling us stuff. And you were totally flirting with him, even though she wasn't even involved in that interaction. She just sharpened her pencil. <laughs> I like that too. She's like, I just went to sharpen my pencil. I didn't do anything. <laughs> she didn't even like get excited that he checked her out or anything. Yeah. To which... So she sat down and Rick sees that her there and he's just like, all right, this is my moment. I'm building up courage. I need to talk to her. So he goes over. And he's like, hey, do you have um like that homework from earlier? Because <laughs> I totally didn't write it down. I think he wrote it down. I think he just wanted to talk to Jill. Mm. Well, so he goes. That's definitely what those two that. girls fucking picked up. You saw it on their face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They were mad. Oh, yeah. So as she was giving him the homework, because she was like, yeah, sure. I'm a good kid. I'll give you the homework. Uh, the girls start pulling out books um, I think it was like a book report, actually, what he asked about. And, she, and she, the girls are just like, is this the book you're supposed to read? Or this one? Trying to make her look bad. And Rick seems unfazed. He's like, oh, wow, look, fairy tale books. Look at that. <laughs> um, you're reading this? This is cool. And they also pull out a troll doll, which is very <laughs> 90s. It's really 80s, but like it's early 90s. And he's just like, wow, I used to play with that when I was a kid. And they're like, yeah, she still plays with it. Rick is kind of oblivious, like, well, okay, that's a little aggressive. I thought you guys were friends, but okay. <laughs> Fine. And he's just kind of interested in the troll doll, but Jill sees what's up and leaves. She's just, like, embarrassed, and she stuffs her stuff back into her book bag and gets out of there. Yeah. Except she leaves this troll doll. She leaves that for Rick, because he seems to want it more than her. And, like, of course, the the girls have to comment that, that. you left your troll doll. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. And Rick's like, shut up. I was trying to keep this. <laughs> so, of course, Jill does what Jill does. She's at home, like, already tucked in for bed, dreaming. And she dreams that she's going to be kissed by a handsome prince who turns out to be Rick. <laughs> and Rick comes in. Dressed in full geeky prince attire. <laughs> and I hope he has a really big family in real life. Like the the actor. That that they could just get that still image of him dressed up all goofy-like. <laughs> and use it to embarrass him. Because that's what I thought of. I was just like, ah, if I was your brother or something, I would never <laughs> let you live this down. <laughs> oh, man, like 30 years later, you're still... <laughs> He's just like, okay, I was a kid, right? <laughs> It was cool. It was my start. It was my started my career as an actor. It was three seconds of wearing the suit, and they're like, "No, look at you, the little prince." <laughs> just p- paint a big ass portrait of it. Put it on every his, Thanksgiving. Yeah, just put it on his mantle. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I think Kristen like had a like was had some narration over this about like. Everybody was picking on Jill about her childish behavior, but she doesn't really, like, like why is it considered childish is her questioning. Like, why would you not want to read about uh, about these tales? These They have happy endings, right? 
Some do, some don't. So, she's being kissed, about to be kissed by Rick. Rick the Prince. And she wakes up. This wakes her up. This this teenage girl dream that she has. But when she wakes up in her room, she sees John standing over her wearing a mask, like a creepy mask, and she screams. <laughs> and she's about to run out her room to tell her parents. And John grabs her and he's like, you know, come on, it's my Halloween mask. Like, relax, relax. <laughs> and, um, like, I mean, John, John's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I would hate to be terrorized in the night like this. Yeah. And her reaction is, in my opinion, underreaction. If I have to suffer through this person yeah. taunting me in the night, never knowing if I'm safe, <laughs> I would just like, I'd either barricade that door. Or I'll barricade his door and make sure he can't get out. <laughs> so <laughs> the house gets on fire. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think she starts hitting him and like you know get out, and he's like he's just laughing, he's enjoying every moment of this, picking on her, and he gladly leaves. Um, at she this tells p- him that she hates him. Yeah. Well, she's been saying that like every interaction they've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Strong words. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude's been waking her up every freaking night. <laughs> no, I hate him too. Just I didn't think she would say that. So, she picks up the um, the Sandman and the other tales, specifically. Not on purpose. Mm-hmm. She just picks up a book, clutches it over her chest, sits down on the side of her window, the windowsill, and she motherfucking looks outside. And looks at the fucking sky so she can wish on a motherfucking star. She does. As I said, <laughs> as I as John B. predicted. Yes. God. I can't believe I did it. Why did Rip drop I'm so many F bombs? Because Rip's a little bitter. <laughs> yeah. That was on point. Chumpy got it right. <laughs> and I swear. I've never seen this episode. <laughs> Look it up, guys. I just called it. He did. Jumpy did. So I'm sure Rip will get the next one. <laughs> I'm not sure with your mystical ass powers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Jill sits on her windowsill, looks up to the sky, and wishes upon a star. And what is her wish? She says. What's wish. so wrong about wanting to live in a world where dreams come true and you can wish on a star? Right, Jumbie? I wish I could, and I wish everybody would just leave me alone. And then her family disappeared, and we had a whole Home Alone sequence <laughs> where two robbers came over and she had to battle them. <laughs> no, nah, that didn't happen, but that would have been cool. That's where my first thought was because it was like the same setup. Like, I wish my family disappear, and then they do. <laughs> you have to deal with it. <laughs> so, she goes back to bed to fall asleep. Next morning, she wakes up, and her brother's just standing over her bed, <laughs> but he's like knocked <laughs> out. She's like, "I'm not dealing with this shit again. You just want to scare me. I'm gonna go tell my parents." And 
she turns around to tell them that you're gonna get um they're you're gonna get got they're gonna they're gonna get you um she looks back and he's not there anymore so that struck her as odd she goes to her parents room to tell them what happened they're not there either what is going on and now she goes back to her room and she's kind of hoping john's there she's like john are you here and nothing (laughs) so she's like okay let me check under the bed nothing as she goes to check under her bed she gets greeted by a a man with a bearded face and long hair and says hi there and it's bobcat bobcat goldthwaite that i can't pronounce yeah, neither of us can do this guy's voice, but but you know his voice. Everyone knows his voice. I can't do it for you. If we had ah, editing skills, I can't. I can't. If we had editing skills, we'd edit in a sample of his voice here, but we don't. Yeah, and uh, we don't want to get sued. No, that too. I'd hate to. by the Bobcat Company. <laughs> can you imagine just being in court, defending yourself while he's explaining what we did was wrong? That would be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be too busy laughing. Wait, he has a very unique voice. He's been in the he police would... academy and like thousands of other the movie. Yeah, <laughs> the movie, not the actual police academy. Can you imagine mm. getting arrested by this dude? <laughs> yes, I can, and I, it's also hilarious. I, I'm just gonna keep saying that, like, just any ridiculous, any normal scene. And just like, hey, can you imagine Bobcats in that doing that? Like, just order. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It's just like a what if episode. It doesn't make sense. Like, why is Bobcat? In- All right. <laughs> so he grabs her, says hi there, and she screams and she tries to run. Like, she runs to the door. But for whatever reason, a gust of wind is sucking her under the bed. And she's just in the air, clutching on, screaming. Pretty good shot. Yeah. Like that. That looked legit. Mm -hmm. And she lets go and she goes under the bed and we get a green screen footage of her falling down to this other dimension. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. And she lands on some soft pillows and she's in a pitch black world surrounded by clocks. Mm. And we see several people floating in the air sleeping (laughs) they're just like laid down like in a comfy position not worried about their necks or if they're putting too much weight on their shoulder which is a real thing yeah and i was jealous i thought that looked real comfy and and i wish i could sleep on air and they are not waking up she just keeps trying to get them to she keeps calling whoever is there their names not their names she doesn't know their names she just like can anybody answer me and nothing mm-hmm. so she enters a door that has a number seven on it the clock and she's in a room with a bunch of vows of different sands labeled like cat nap deep sleep 40 winks snooze and she's looking at a huge hourglass that's filled with sand. And she's about to touch it. And Bobcat comes out wearing a purple robe 
like a nice ass color purple robe that I'm jealous of and like he has his he has his beard like he has a goatee but there's extra hair on the sides that he has curled up like a handlebar mustache but not at the top by your nose by your like your chin <laughs> so I'm like oh that's interesting <laughs> and yeah and he has his long gold hair and that's when Jill's like, oh, you're the guy that was under my bed. And he's like, can you guess who I am or whatever? And she starts, she's like, I'm not playing this game. Like, what's going on? Like, am I dreaming? And he's like, you're half right. You're, you are in, what's it? You're in a dream, but you're not dreaming. Um. And then at this point, she's, like, done with his games because he keeps trying to get her to guess. He calls her, like, the 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 master or the queen of fairy tales, so she should know all the stories. Um, I want to point out that uh, Bobcat, the best place I know his voice from is Hercules. Um, in Hercules, the animated, like, Disney movie, mm-hmm. he plays Pain, which is, like, there's two little min- minions, Pain and Panic, that Hades uses throughout the movie. <laughs> and Pain is the big fat one. And he, he voices that character. Yes. I don't know if that obscure reference helps anybody <laughs> remember his voice, but it helped me. So that's where I know his voice. That's Carry funny. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So sh- she's in a dream, but she's not dreaming. Um, and then he starts quoting different verses from different, um, like storybooks. And then she's like, I I don't know what you're talking about. What are you like? Where am I? Where's everybody? Like, I need to know. And he's like, ah, you're no fun. (laughs) Like you're in the land of Nod, um, uh, where everyone goes to dream. And that's because they nod off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they nod off, and why do they nod off? Because he's the Sandman, and she made the mistake, and he lets her know that she made the mistake. That she held his book tight, looked at a star, and made her wish. And he and he says, he says word for word what she said, right? Yeah, but I mean, he says it as Bobcat. Like it's, it's so <laughs> much funnier when he says it. I'm telling you, dude, just any normal ass day, any normal thing in your life, just insert Bobcat instead of. Like, I wish I could do his voice because it's <laughs> so funny. Yes. <laughs> um, please do yourselves a favor. If you've never heard Bobcat Goldthwaites. It's freaking anything. Just his voice is legendary. Almost mm-hmm. Gilbert Gottfried legendary. Level, yeah. yeah. Who was also in the Disney movie? He was a Yago in Aladdin. Gilbert. That's correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he he was also in Aladdin, Return of Jafar, Jafar, and Aladdin, Return of the King, the superior Aladdin. That's right. I said it. I don't care. Return of the third King. one's the best. Yeah. Isn't that the it's not Return of the Thieves. Sorry, Return no, of the Thieves. It's not, there's no uh, Return of the King of the Thieves. No, the, I think it's just the King of Thieves. No, Return. Ha- you're right. It is the King of Thieves. <laughs> Aladdin, the king of Whatever. <laughs> it's still the superior one, even if you can't remember the name. It's so good. 
right. <laughs> you even got Robin Williams to come back for that movie. It's that's, good. That's a good one. For on that fact alone, you should watch it. <laughs> what was it? Um, hey, we're supposed to be promoting Paramount Plus, not Disney Channel. You're right. Disney Plus. Paramount, Paramount Plus will one day buy the rights to Aladdin three. <laughs> and then you should watch it. I, I think at the rate Disney's going, Disney's gonna own Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they don't a already. Moot, a, moot, <laughs> a moot point in like one year when Disney buys Paramount. <laughs> Was it uh Yeah. Anyway. Um So God, Bobcat or the Sandman mimics her repeating her wish in that God, Bobcat voice, the lovely mm-hmm. Bobcat voice. And he granted her wish. And now everybody she knows and loves is will sleep forever in the land of Nod and leave her alone because that's what she wanted. And she's in her own fairy tale and he pulls out a big-ass book that's like, I think it says the tale of the final wish on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it she's does, like, actually. <laughs> she's like, oh, can I see my own fairy tale? He's like, no, that'll be cheating. <laughs> so okay, she's like, okay, if I can't read my own fairy tale, just send me home. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Um, and he's like, fairy tales can't be changed. And then, Jill, at, at this point, kudos to the actress. Like, she, I, it's not a whiny voice. It's like that crying, I want to go home voice. And she does panic. it so well. Like, I fell for her. I was like, I wanted her to cry. I'm like, oh my God, just let her go home. Yeah, she's had enough. She has to go see Rick. <laughs> so... Um, and the Sandman said he won't, <laughs> he he won't let her go back home because this is the reality. She wanted a fairy tale. Fairy tales aren't that great, <laughs> and she keeps saying she wants to go home. Tears are going out down, streaming down her eyes. Um, and he's just like, well, you should be more careful what you wish for. Uh, she tries to run away, but the Sandman just starts laughing. So I'm like, oh, I guess he's the villain. <laughs> um, she's running. I guess, I and mean, it's hard to tell with this comedic man. <laughs> he does his la- maniacal laughter, but it's Bobcat. So <laughs> his weird voice. <laughs> so she's like running with this laughter in the background. There's floating people, and she's just running past them. And then she goes into a room with like a bunch of doors. Uh, she tries a white door with a red question mark, I think, right side up and upside down on it. And um, she opens it and she sees a, a like a, a tray of cards standing up. And one of them is the Queen of Hearts. And the Queen of Hearts is holding a huge battle axe. And as Jumpy predicted, she gets her head chopped off. The end. Yeah. That was it was raw, <laughs> and then Betty Ann just got up with a re- big round of applause and gave <laughs> Kristen a hug and thanked her so much. And everyone went home. <laughs> and Gary declares this meeting of the Midnight Society over. He also hands his his <laughs> like crown over to her. <laughs> you won. You're the leader now. Uh, no, that's not what happened. The Queen of Hearts holds the huge battle axe approaches Jill and screams off with her head. Trim mm-hmm. Jill screams, slams the door, runs, 
And then Bobcat's like, why don't you try another door? <laughs> and and Jumpy, this is what Jumpy did, everybody. Jumpy's like, oh, that's Hansel and Gretel. And Joe opens the door, and there's a witch. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's no, it's not Hansel and Gretel. It's a witch. You know, uh, it could be any story. And then she opens up a freaking stove, looks at Jill, and she's like, I was expecting Hansel and Gretel, but you'll do nicely. Come closer, my dear. And Jill slams the door shut while the witch and Jumbie cackles in in triumph. (laughs) It was the door. The door looked like an old-timey... You know, cabin door. It's it's an easy prediction, guys. I swear. <laughs> I'm just jealous, everybody. I am jealous of Jumpy's ability to forecast these things. <laughs> Precognition. We like to call it. Precognition. So, Jill has doesn't know what to do. She's running back to the Sandman's room running by several floating people, but now she realizes that one of them is her, is, is the one of the classmates that was making fun of her who, like, called her out for her troll doll. And then the other one is Rick, who's sleeping. Then she sees John. She's crying. She wants him to wake up. She sees her parents, and she doesn't know what to do. She just runs and cries, and she's screaming... That she didn't want this. This is not what she wished for. And a big ass silhouette, not silhouette, the big ass thing of Bobcat's face appears. And is just laughing in her face. And she's, this is exactly what you wished for. Um, welcome to your own fairy tale. And she has nothing left to do but to run, cry, and scream. And she's back at the Sandman's lair. She tells him she wants to go home. And the voice says that's not what her ending is. This is not her fairy tale ending. So then she approaches a huge hourglass and says, If you don't if you don't come, I'm gonna smash it. This is the same hourglass that the Sandman told her not to touch. So she's touching it. And she's ready to smash it. And now he's like, okay, 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 okay. Be, be cool, be cool. Let, let's relax. Um, he, he manifests, tells her to relax. Don't break it. She's like, I want everybody back home. I want you to undo this wish and make everything back to normal. Sandman tells her again, fairy tales can't be changed. They are what they are. She has those tears running down her eyes, and she's like, I'm going to smash this. And then Sandman is like, you wanted everybody to leave you, leave you alone, and now they just sleep forever in the land of Nod. That's a good trade-off. <laughs> and Joe's is like, no, we're prisoners. And the Sandman has enough. He's like, you know what? If you can keep on with this foolishness, I'm going to take out a bag of sand and put you to sleep. And then Jill smiles. And she's like, you played your hand too quickly there, sir. You said fairy tales can't be changed, but you said you're going to put me to sleep, which means fairy tales can be changed. 
and seven. Presumptuous, because <laughs> what if that was what he was supposed to do? You don't know. There's no free will. Everything's predetermined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he panics. He's like, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. And he's like, she's like, no, I'm right. It's my fairy tale. If you have power here, I have power. If you can change it, I so can I. Um, and then she smashes the hourglass. The Sandman screams, and then you just see all these visions of everything that went that just happened uh, in that same green screen esque um, footage, and she's back. She wakes up and she screams her lungs out, and her family comes in and hug her and ask her what happened. At this point, she realizes her mom's hugging her. Her dad's at the door looking at her. Definitely not hugging her. <laughs> Looks a little pissed, if you ask me. <laughs> and she's she's happy. Everything's back to normal. John's awake. <laughs> He's just looking at her. And um, she's like, she's like, what happened? And she's like, I had a nightmare. She's That's laughing it. at this point. Yeah. And then the mom's like, well, you screamed so loudly. We thought something happened. She's like, no, it's just a nightmare. And then uh, she's like, you, you, we can all go back to bed. And uh, the dad's like, I'm never going to get back to sleep. <laughs> just <laughs> woes me. But Jill owns up everything at this point she's like hey um i'm sorry i know i've been childish lately and i decided it's time to grow up i need to stop believing in these fairy tales and her mom comes up to her she's like it's okay to like grow up and um put these fairy tales aside but don't don't ever lose the child in you and she kisses her on her forehead Therefore, and both John, John, and the dad are both just like, "Yeah, grow up, all right? <laughs> Thank God." Ugh. Going back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> which they did, but the mom lingers back to look at her uh, one last time for the night, and go go to bed. She she goes off, and Jill lays there peacefully. She looks at her stuffed animal, and. She decides not tonight. I don't need my little stuffed animal to go to bed. She puts her stuffed animal away. It was not a stuffed animal. It was like a doll, right? Mm-hmm. With these anime eyes. <laughs> and she falls asleep. We just hear wind rustling. It's blowing. And it's strong enough to not wake up, Joe. But definitely strong enough to open the Sandman and other tales. And it goes all the way to the last story called The Tale of the Final Wish. And and on the and it blows to the last page of that story. So they linger on the tale it's the tale of the final wish. Then it goes to the last page and we hear Bobcat say, The little girl went back to sleep, promising never to believe in fairy tales again. If only she knew she never would have gotten into that bed again. And it ends with the sad man, Bobcat, laughing diabolically, or 
menacingly cackling and they leave it like this really doesn't describe his laugh you know oh yeah <laughs> he hilariously just does his laugh um so yeah and then we don't we don't know uh what happens after this but it, it was a very dark way to end it um not as dark as i was anticipating like mm-hmm. nobody got their heads chopped off or poured blood into people's mouths like Betty Ann wanted, but it was a it wasn't a happy ending. It's a very open ended. She's yeah. probably gonna get haunted again by the Sandman kind of thing. Yeah, and that's it. Kristen ends her story. She doesn't add any more details to the end. She does it like Jumpy said, very open ended. Mm-hmm. And um, but she says, "Don't take fairy tales lightly, as you never know which ones are made up and which ones are real." The end. And David's just like, yeah, that was awesome. Excellent. And Betty Ann and Kiki just nod in approval. Mm-hmm. And then Frank goes up to Kristen, gets down on one knee. Takes her hand. Takes her hand. We see David. David's just like, what? David's like, oh, am I going to have to kill somebody <laughs> like I killed Eric? <laughs> and uh, he grabs her hand. He's like, can I ask you one question? She's like, what? Uh, which part of the book has the part where the children get their heads chopped off? And he picks <laughs> up the book and everybody laughs. <laughs> and Bet- Betty Ann stands up and she says, page 73, like, <laughs> without missing a beat. <laughs> and she was right. Frank goes to page 73. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, Jeez. In great detail. <laughs> and they all stand up, laugh. They're all by the campfire. <laughs> David... <laughs> what what was David doing? Like they were all laughing and stuff. Um, Frank is no longer clutching onto Kristen's hand. He's just like laughing, looking through the book. David just inserts himself in between Frank and Christine, and he's like, "Ha ha, yeah, I got, like being all natural about it." But it was not natural. <laughs> he's just trying to separate those two. Yeah, like they Frank's were being threatening. <laughs> they were standing facing us, the audience. And he was perpendicular to both of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just he was get... just like in between. Yeah. T- with his back to Frank. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and that's how we end it. That's it. No, no foregone conclusion. Um, open ended. No uh, dousing the campfire. No, did not. And this is another episode where they don't cut in between the episode. They just um go straight through. And I think that's been the theme now f- for a while. But that this is from not like they'd never do this again. So, oh, well. um, what do you think? Do you think that she's stuck in that fairy tale forever? I think so. I think that was part of his plan. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> um, they were trying to give you a bleak ending, but they couldn't do anything that visually showed blood. They could mention it from Betty Ann's like. Uh, favorite story but they can't actually show it to you so this is the darkest thing they could probably do on the show leave her in a perpetual nightmare yeah um what was it? no indication on what happened to Eric and we never will get one <laughs> nope that is forever the biggest mystery some of the trivia I see on this episode is also um 
this is the only opening to a season that doesn't have a character getting introduced to the group. Yeah. Which is cool. Because that means that the other seasons, I can look forward to new characters being introduced <laughs> that I don't know. Which means other people are leaving. Well, that's sad. And I can't remember who's not there at the end. So that is super sad. Yeah. I know some people are there. I won't say it anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, but that is interesting. So, damn, did you just fire some one person? I have a theory, but when that hap- when we get there, I'll say it, um, okay. which will be like many episodes from now. But uh, according to the trivia, Bobcat <laughs> um, had a terrible time remembering his lines. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really need lines, did he? He could have just said things and it would have worked. <laughs> just ad lib. I was also looking through with this guy. Um, he's narrated a couple audiobooks oh, man. for children, like kids' books. And that sounds amazing to me. I mean, <laughs> one of the books is called... Actually, this is, I don't think this is a kid book. It's called, <laughs> If You Give a Kid a Cookie, He Will Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> so you can get that audiobook today from Bob Bobcat himself. <laughs> it's only two minutes long, but still... Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes. It's actually worth it. It's worth it. It's like a dollar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen to that later. That's funny. Um, I wish we were sponsored by Audible, but we're not. But you know not. what? It's there on Audible. <laughs> we're only sponsored by Hydrate. Hydration. Right now. Do right it. Today. So, um. Let's see. So yeah, it's her classic be careful what you wish for. She mm-hmm. unfortunately acted emotionally, wished on a star that she everybody would leave her alone. Given the circumstances, I get it. Everybody was picking on her that one day. So but she didn't have a uh, control of her emotions. So at this point in the episode I feel like we should do another guessing game. And this time is Rip's time to shine. <laughs> so oh, what no. is the name? <laughs> yeah, what happened? We can't do it. We can't do it? No. It's already ruined the streak? Yeah. The tale. Ah, we know. The tale yeah. of the midnight madness. We know this one. But yeah. we are excited to see it. You know, if I our- knew... If I we knew this was the episode. next episode, I wouldn't have made my previous guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so sorry everybody. Uh if you don't know, we usually say this like once every podcast, but Sophia and I when we started practicing these podcasts, we um sort of we watched a lot of these episodes um what five of the top ten episodes. Yeah, um, about five of them. Yeah. This was happened to be one of them, yeah, just, and it was a good one. Yeah, Tale of the Midnight Madness. We won't spoil it here. We'll wait for the next. Well, I'm episode. excited for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, so is there anything you would change in the story? Since we can't do the guessing game, we might as well just keep talking about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in this story, is there anything I would change? I mean, I can't change Bobcat. He he made the <laughs> whole tale. He would be perfect. I would make Bobcat probably play the parents as well 
That's what I would change. <laughs> Both parents, I want Bobcat doing it. And John. And the brother. You know what? And the brother. Yeah. A Bobcat family. <laughs> if it was just John, that would be also very funny. If he's just like, hey, John, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's just... <laughs> Hi! I can't even. That was, that Nobody was... can do it. He's so good. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, what I would change if we were to do like a modern day retelling instead of fairy tales, it would be anime. <laughs> <laughs> she opens up every door and she just sees like Naruto or the bad guys from like Frieza or something like that. Nani? <laughs> mm-hmm. She just sees all the bad people. Yeah. All for one. <laughs> oh, man. Same, but like, what's the Sandman equivalent to anime? I feel like it's just just to have Bobcat in a kimono, just telling her <laughs> that she can't go. But he's only his dialogue is all in Japanese with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcat, we're I giving want the you Japanese a... <laughs> to be read by Bobcat anyway. Yes. Like... Bobcat, we're giving you work, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was. I really, I really liked it. That was, um, like one of the. I like this better than your other. Be careful what you wish for, right? With the monkey's paw. Oh, for sure. This is much more original. Yeah. Which is funny, based because it's like based on a fairy tale. Those are supposed to be like old hat and like things that have been told to death. But yeah. this was a super original version of this tale. Yeah. Of the Sandman. The sand. Yeah. It was pretty cool. She even inserted like a popular celebrity of the time, Popcat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know like Nickelodeon was like making money off of that. Like, oh yeah, if we get rid of Eric, we can have more <laughs> celebrities in this. Celebrities, <laughs> goodbye, Eric. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is true. They got rid of Eric, and all of a sudden Bobcat shows up on the season premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent recommend this. Wouldn't change a lot. Um, obviously, if I were gonna do like another reimagining, it'll be like the anime thing. Cause, yeah. Oh, uh, what else? Um, but other than that, no, I wouldn't change it. She had to confront those. Well, not to confront, but she, they had to show that she was getting picked on at home and at school, so she can make the wish. Very. Maybe be- I would. I would put some more like Rick stuff, like. I just thought something more would happen there. I, I guess it wouldn't have fit yeah. any other scenes with him. It's just like, I thought they were building up to, I want to see why Rick's interested in her to begin with. I'd, it just <laughs> felt very strange to me. I thought we were going to get some more story. I mean, we, I would have liked to know why he broke neck that fast, dude. Fuck. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a, like he was going to be a key character. <laughs> no, he only shows up like two more times after that. Like mm-hmm. sleeping or in her dream. He did. And her friend, her her friends, her enemies, <laughs> show up in the dream realm as well. Yeah, she should have put their hands in water. <laughs> All right. Any last words? No. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, 
on another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. We'll be back with another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Please enjoy our other content. And have a good night. Sweet dreams. <laughs>